into a bar on a cool winter's evening underneath the Hello stars. Hello and welcome to the Corum. I'm your host, David Griffiths, and we're having a little return to a midweek chat amongst friends. Uh, joining me in the Corum this afternoon uh, will be Warren Wu and Travis Bristow. G'day, gents. How are you going? Good afternoon, Good David. Yeah. Good. Good. Good to hear. Yeah. You're here on time, Warren. This is a real novelty for us and our listeners, so... It was a bit touch and go. It, it was a bit touch and go. That flummoxes me, flummoxes me just a little bit, and there's light beaming through Travis's ceiling windows, so that also sort of puts me off my game in the last few weeks. It's a bit odd, isn't it? It's Plus, there's only three of us in the Zoom room at the moment. It's a bit... Yeah. That's a novelty, and I guess a big thank you to everyone who's been joining us in the Zoom room uh, on Thursday nights. It's been massive these past few weeks, and um, we'll have a bit of a chat about that as we go along. Yeah. Yep. Um, a bit later in the show, uh, Peter Cornwell from Masterson's in Mooney Ponds will be joining us again. He's been on the show once before, but before that, we've sort of not had the opportunity to have a little chat amongst ourselves for a little bit, and we've got a whole lot of things to talk about, including, um, well, we've had all of these amazing beers over the last few months in the online tastings, and I guess, guys, I was interested to hear your reflections on all of the ones that we've had and which ones have really stood out for you? We don't often get the chance to actually talk about that by the time we finish off one of the Zoom rooms. Yeah, it's funny that it's it's that we yeah we we spend all the time talking about it, but there's not there's not an actual reflection. We don't have a, a reflection on the which which seems really strange because we spend the whole time talking about the beers, but we don't then look back and kind of have a have a, a deeper thought about them. I suppose. And often as well, yeah. there are ones in the tasting packs that we don't actually taste on the night just because we can't, you know, there's only so many beers we can have on the night. Yeah, and that, that comes back to, to what I was saying off air, the, the idea that, um, that, that the, the, Burnley Brewing, uh, the Burnley Brewing smoked IPA, I think is something pretty special. Like I've, I, I don't, it didn't necessarily blow my mind. The bit that blew my mind was the drinkability of it and how delicious it was and how that smoked character sat so well balanced within the beer. Um, Trav, you were saying yeah. you haven't cracked yours yet. Yeah, I haven't cracked mine yet. Mine's still in the fridge. Um, and obviously for the listeners that are coming in after the last Thursday's Zoom room session, the Burnley pack consisted of the smoked IPA. So it's, it's actually my last Burnley one that's in the fridge. Um, and the plan was to potentially crack it during uh virtual front bar on thursday night before the the zoom room for oh, good trip. plug trev um yeah, so nice work. and that it's kind of become a bit of a thing for me having the beer i didn't get to try the week before from our virtual meet the brewer having it in the virtual front bar um yeah. before we kick off with the next brewery so that's still the plan that's what i'm going with that's awesome I've got oh, that's good. Thursday. And it'll be a good, good conversation piece for the, uh, the virtual bar. Uh, I, it's the thing that really occurred to me and, and what, what I really liked about it, I think a big part of what I really liked about it was that it didn't have the same dark beer frame that a lot of other, other beers generally, or other brewers generally do with a smoked beer. It, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, a porter or it didn't have those dark stout malts in it it had yeah it was it was a, a lighter frame around that smoke character i really i really liked it i thought it was yeah i thought it was really clever beer interesting 
Yeah. It kind of fell more into the the brown ale market than the stout or Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, like the that's yeah, you get a little bit. I know those kind of roasted characters in a porter. You know how we we did talk about the was it the Blackman's porter, smoke porter, smoke? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That the 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 whenever even in a porter, you get a, you get that temptation. A lot of brewers will throw in those those dark uh, stout malts. Yeah, yeah, and those and I think it makes sense. Like in everyone's head, it's like yeah, dark, stouty, thick, rich beer to go around that smokiness because in our heads that's that's what smoke is to us but to put it in a lighter frame is yeah it was quite fascinating it was good that was a really good podcast and talking about going back to to the the the, the, us not having a crowd now it was really great to have a crowd that crowd on for the Burnley one and the ones that we've had for the last last few podcasts in particular have been really good they've been yeah Having some bonus parental content, I thought, for Burnley was hilarious, given that, you know, the shtick has always been that parents will never hear what you have to say in the ballroom. <laughs> That's the phone. Oh, nice. David's phone's ringing in the background. Um, <laughs> you were, Warren, you were just talking about the amount of people we've been gathering in the Zoom room on a Thursday night, obviously, um, <clears throat> which probably means it's it's a good segue into maybe talking about some of the Deeds beers because the week before we had Burnley on, we had Deeds on for their birthday and we had a, well, what I would consider almost a maximum amount of people uh, in the Zoom chat uh, to the point where I can't actually remember how many people we got in the room. Yeah, it was up around 80, 90. It was pretty massive. 80 or 90, really? Yep. Yeah. Whoa. Um, Which is kind of awesome when you think about it. I actually was talking to a mate of mine in Shepparton the other day and he sort of asked me how the podcast was going and, and I'd sort of mentioned to him about the numbers were growing and that sort of thing. And when I mentioned to him that we had that amount of people in the Zoom room, he was just completely amazed. Um, partly because all he's been doing in lockdown is going to different Zoom chats and different Zoom events and that sort of thing. And he said he hasn't come across one yet that's had that many people online all at the same time. So... It's yeah, big kudos to Deeds and, yep. and yeah, big absolutely. kudos to us, I guess, without, you know. Too much, yeah, not taking too much. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, a third of that. We can, we can claim a third, I reckon. Well, a, the bit that I find amazing is that, you know, we probably only for our Sierra Nevada our, yeah, episode, you know, what's that, two or three months ago, I think we sort of maxed out at 30-odd people in the room that day. Yeah, I yeah, think that's so too. Yeah. Yep. Um, so pretty amazing to think that, you know, we're now regularly getting that every Thursday night. So. And imagine if we were to do that Sierra Nevada again, I think, but there was what I noticed with the deeds ones, there were a lot of beer professionals in the, in the room. So there were a couple yeah. of brewers, but a few salespeople, I think they'd be interested to, to talk to Sierra, Sierra Nevada as well, because like they're, they're an icon of the craft beer scene. They're, they're effectively what, what basically made it for a lot of people. Um, so yeah, that'd be in, I think that'd be Sierra Nevada the other day um, because there's obviously bushfires in California around that area at the moment. Mm. Oh, I wonder if uh, I wonder if the guys are doing okay in the world of uh, California bushfires. So I, th- I think it's a bit of a struggle over there for them at the moment. I think it's I think some of it's pretty close, just judging from Facebook. So yeah, yeah. Um, I doubt they have the time to listen to us at the moment. But a shout no, out to them if they are. So. 
And um, I'm doing that big crowds, you know, when we have our mysterious non-Southern Hemisphere uh, live chat in a couple of weeks' time, um, we, that's going to be a pretty amazing uh, build-up too. There's gonna, hopefully going to be a huge number of people in the room that day. So watch this space for that one. I think we've got uh, a lot of people's minds talking. You know, you've brought that up in a couple of the I know. Zoom rooms um, with the virtual meet the brewers and made the suggestion of it. And I think people's brains are... It won't be long until we can and... announce. The problem with, quite genuinely, the problem with setting up things from uh, the Northern Hemisphere to join the Southern Hemisphere live is that you've just got to make sure that everyone's really clear on what day and what time it's actually happening. Oh, Yes. Yes, I've been there before, David. Yeah, when I was working in the cinema, we had issues where people in the Northern Hemisphere didn't know what time they were logging on to do a Zoom Q&A after a film. And yep. yeah, I, think, I think the guys are clear on what time they need to be on, but not necessarily which day corresponds mm. to that time. So. Yeah, yeah. But that's all good. And look, we've got What's River this week, and uh, that's going to be pretty fun. We All the fun of shipping bottles around this week, so I think we've more or less solved all of those issues hopefully everyone's bottles are coming out intact if they're not let us know but i'm pretty confident that so far we've done did, that did we have a couple of issues with bottles david did we uh we haven't um i've had a couple of personal can related issues where cans have done the wrong thing by me in my backpack and left me covered Wondering in beer around. in public well, you're just lucky there's not that many people around at the moment, so you're not getting seen oh, that's, out in public. Yeah. Yeah. As I walked down the Maribyrnong to do my deliveries, there were a lot of people. It was a hot afternoon, <laughs> but there were a lot of people. And I had beer all the way down my leg. It, didn't, it was not a good look, as the, from the backpack I hasten to add. Obviously, for the listeners that aren't in Melbourne, they'll uh, no doubt understand that we're still in... I, I kind of want to say we're in stage 4.5 lockdown because... We've been extended outside of the six weeks. We're, st- we're still going to be in lockdown. It's Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, we're deep yeah, into lockdown. 4.5 or, or 3.8. 3.8? Like there's, a, there's been a little bit of an easing and we know what's going to happen. So maybe there's, you know what I mean? That's, that 4.5 just sounds a lot worse. Where it, It's still just as bad, but... At least there's some light at the end of the tunnel. I um I and and this is actually beer related. I had a friend today who was talking to me, uh, one of my colleagues at work. Uh, he's single, and he made reference to what will become the social single bubble or whatever. Where oh yeah yeah the bubble. Go to someone else's house for a select period of time, as long as they don't have kids or a partner or anything else. <clears throat> and he turned around and said that he's going to try to tee it up. So he drinks six beers before he decides whose house he's going to. But he said at the end of the day... Is that, how, is that how it works? Drink, I'm not sure that's how it works. Yeah, I might as well just drink six beers and sleep with someone because apparently it's easier to do that than it is to actually coordinate this social experiment. That uh, as, a, yeah. as a very long-term married man, I, I haven't bothered to turn my mind to the singles thing at all, I've got to say. but He was trying to explain it to me and I just went, Matt, like seriously... Just, yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy to be married for any number of reasons, but not the least of which is that I don't have to figure out the question about how the singles bubble works. So, yeah, 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 totally. Shout oh, out to my wife, who, of course, is not listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, my partner, who's been listening to the Cool Room podcast while she feeds our one-month-old in the middle of the night. So she listened to the the, uh, the Deep Creek episode the other night. Ah, shout out to Lauren. Shout out to Lauren. 
So yeah, the other one to sort of preview is the Urbanaut cans, which we're oh, yes. delivering um, sort of a week away from that podcast. And I've got to say, they're as fun a product as I've held in my hand for a long time. So for people who don't know uh, about them, they've got beers called blenders, which are basically two 250ml cans that come within one label, within one wrapper, that you then open up and mix together. And um, I think we're going to have some, there are going to be two of those on the, on the podcast. And um, I think not only can we mix and match them as they're supposed to be mixed and matched, there's even the capacity to uh, match across the other ones. So yes. I'm very much looking forward to, to playing with those beers. There's not a huge number of them left. So get in soon if you haven't already. It's our little chemistry 101 episode of the cool room that night, I reckon. <laughs> well, that's exactly. I'll see if I can find a lab coat for it. I thought about maybe some beakers as glasses for the night. <laughs> you mean beakers as in glass vials rather than as in Muppets, I presume. Yes. The Muppet, the Muppet would be good too. It'd be cool to have beaker. Me, 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 me in the background. <laughs> We're trying to. But I'm not sure it'd be a very good receptacle for, for liquids. No, no, no. No. But though Bunsen's probably, Bunsen Honeybee has probably tried to using them as some sort of vessel for an experiment. Yeah, if anyone wants to go through the Muppet archives for us and track down any of that, that'd be, that'd be very much appreciated. When my, speaking of Muppets, when my son was younger, um, he used to get really yes. on edge when he was looking at Beaker and the Professor together because the Professor doesn't have eyes. And oh, apparently he's the right. only Muppet. He wears, he wears glasses, but yeah. there's no eyes there. I thought you were going to say that he was, he was a bit freaked out by, you know, the potential for explosions or something no, like yeah. that. <laughs> Everything else was fine. It was just the fact that that character didn't have eyes. Um, there's also... There's also the bass guitarist. What's her name? I think it, it starts with J, I think, from, from Dr. T's band, who only has oh. eyelashes. Enormous eyelashes. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, what's her name? I know who you mean. I just can't yeah. quite... The, the, you can't... Can I'm, I'm pretty sure... Dr. Bass player. I was going to say Janice, but there you go. No, no, I think it is Janice. I think it is Janice. All right. So if everyone if everyone decides to to just Google Janice, um, I've just I've literally just Googled it now because I was really curious on that. And you are one hundred percent correct. She just has. No, it's not even eyebrows. It's just eyelashes. So all yeah, the listeners just out eyelashes, there, while yeah. you crack your beers open, make sure you Google her name is Janice Muppet. Janice Muppet. Super. Yeah, no. Oh no, she's lead guitar. She's not even a bass guitarist. Shout out to Damo if he's listening. We're <laughs> referencing uh, bass guitarists and why they don't really matter. <laughs> There's not nah, she's lead guitar on the uh, in the Electric Mayhem. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, let's we, uh, we got way off track then. I'm, so, I'm really, so, I'm really hoping that we get all of these sort of tangents out of our system before Thursday night. So I think this is, you know, might just solve us having to ring the bell every ten minutes on a Thursday night. Um, Unless it, David, why don't you give us a why don't, to, to pull us back into track and get us back online? Uh, why don't you give us a bit of an idea on what's going on with the Royal Mail? Uh, yes, well, like everyone else, and obviously we have a bit of a chat to Pete about this later on, but 
we're trying to figure out how to get through the next bit of COVID 3.8, 4.5, or call it what you will. And um, part of what we're going to be doing is reopening the kitchens to do uh, takeaway meals for the people of North and West Melbourne who are allowed to come down and visit us. And obviously pair those up with delicious beers like the one that Travis is opening in the background there. And um, so very much looking forward to being able to see some more faces. So we'll be open on Thursday, Friday and Saturday nights, as well as our Sundays that we've been open for the bottle shop. And um, yeah, give us a call and order your meal and come down and pick it up and say hello to us when you come down and do all of that. So just trying to get ourselves back into the groove in the hope that it won't be too much longer before we're reopening. And um, yeah, just sort of flying the flag and turning the lights on and all of that kind of stuff because... Uh, well, unfortunately, there's not everyone is getting to do that at the moment. There was news today that the Morning Star over in Williamstown and the Mona Castle in Seddon are both closing their doors permanently. So, uh, uh, Which is really sad because they're two pubs that I used to frequent quite often. One when I, I lived in Seddon and I was the next street over. Um, and for those people that don't know the, the, uh, the Mona Castle in Seddon, it's literally a pub in a residential street it's which there are not all that many of over Sydney, no. way no no and if you didn't know it was there and if you weren't sort of local to the area you probably wouldn't actually find it um yeah it is a it's a residential street it's um it, and it's this pub that's been around for jeez i don't know forever probably like it's an old pub it's mm. Well, as is the Morning Star, of course, which must be one of the oldest pubs going around, yeah. I would have thought. And certainly I have uh, been down there over the years and had a, you know, a nice beer or two after being around in Williamstown, which is a great part of the world. And that's, if that does stay permanently shut, it's going to be a loss to that part of the world. I was surprised that the Morning Star was the first pub in Williamstown to shut mm. up shop. I, mm. And this is something I spoke about quite a, a few months ago when we first went into lockdown, given the amount of pubs that are in Williamstown, it was always inevitable that some of them weren't going to survive. And, um, but yeah, it's a shame that that's the first one to hit the wall. And it was a nice pub. Yeah, well, you sort of feel like, unfortunately, it might be the beginning of quite a few announcements like that along the way as people assess what isn't, isn't worth doing, you know, yeah for the rest of the year. And I think probably, you know, there's not much that can be done about it, but the Christmas party season won't be like any other previous Christmas party season. And um, so many venues rely on that big sort of sugar hit of money in late November, early December. You know, I was saying to someone the other day, you can just about take a quarter or even a third of your years take in six or seven weeks there. Mm. And if that's just not, the size that it normally is um, for some people, that'll be really hard to bounce back from, I think. Yes. There's definitely going to be a bit of that going on. Um, and that's a bit what we're going to chat with Peter about in a few yeah. minutes time. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, it looks like Warren's got something meaningful. No, to say. I had nothing. I've got nothing. I've, I've but, but on, I suppose on the same note, I was thinking about, about alternatives and I suppose the 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 little shop that that you've opened up, David, the Spotify store, 
Shopified. Now I'm doing it. That's normally that's normally my job to do that. Well, I think it's normally my job. I did it the other day when I was typing something. I think so. Well done to Spotify on getting their marketing <laughs> so right that we can't even remember the name of our own address. Can we upload the podcast to Spotify. Is that a thing? Yeah, you can now. Yeah. They're, oh, they're, you know, Spotify, we've been on. It's, it's Google. It's the new one. That oh, the Google's, Google's the new one. Yeah. Um, the, the Spotify one, they sold, hold on, who sold? Bill Simmons, who does, uh, who's the sports, who's an American sports writer. He's oh, basketball he was- predominantly. Oh, I thought he was the bassist for Kiss. That could be too. Yes, uh, actually, you're right. Um, yeah. he's, Speaking he, of bass players. <laughs> he sold the Ringer podcast is his little podcast. This is, this is something to aspire to. The Ringer podcast was sold for a reported $1 billion to Spotify. $1 billion. $1 billion, um, which, is, which is, is crazy. I'll tell you what's really, really crazy. Um, Seth Rogen sold his his podcast to to Spotify for a hundred million. No, you mean yes, you mean you're right, you're right. But you mean Joe Rogan, not Seth. Joe Rogan, no, not Seth. Seth and is he, much I think from way. memory. Seth Rollins, was, the wrestler? Yeah, it's Seth Rollins. Who's, Hen- who's Henry Rollins' dad? <laughs> um I think he is he was one of the first to do the sellout and remove his podcast from all other platforms and go exclusively to Spotify. So this is what we need to aim for in the call room is getting exclusive access to one platform and make I'm a- not knocking back the concept of a billion dollars, but having said that, I do find it very, very, very hard to believe that one show is worth a billion dollars in the context of, you know, how much does Fox play, pay for a season of the Simpsons? Oh, yeah, that's kind of a good... I reckon, I I reckon a billion dollars is off. I think Joe Rogan sold his podcast for $100 million. So, so let's, say, let's say Joe Rogan has, has a, million, a million listeners, and I'm, I'm sure it's in excess of that. I reckon it's closer to, to a couple of million. And I'm not, I don't know, but, but I, I'm thinking let's at least Let's call it that. 10 for argument's sake. Oh, well, that's a dollar, that's a, dollar a listener. That's that's if an advertising dollars. That's a bargain. That's an absolute. That's an absolute steal. If you if you think of, um, the Ringer podcasts would be, yeah, the the whole group of them easily, hundred like they they'd probably have a hundred million listeners. So, you know, it, it, that's I suppose that's the that's the the trick. If you've got a if you've got a pretty solid audience you can well i I have the answer here so the ringer podcast the ringers podcasting network attracts more than 100 million downloads a month yeah that does rogan yep single podcast has over 190 million monthly downloads yeah and the only thing the the difference between them two i think would be there's a lot more production value in in the ringer because they've got a series of podcasts there's potential to build a lot more and really grow that out they the, the, i think they sold uh, someone else sold i think it was oh um one of the former producers for this american life which is a, a popular podcast he started gimlet which was a, pre- a podcast production company and along the same lines like it was i think he sold to spotify too for about a billion bucks 
Um, and they, we need, to, they, we need to find out if one of these people like beer and get them on our podcast. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we need a, a, a hundred million downloads a month first. Well, I suppose that's an excellent moment to sort of say, you know, I'm sure that these uh, people, when they were starting out, asked their listeners to rate and review their podcasts on Apple, you know, and wherever else they download their podcasts from. And all their listeners must have done that. So if all of our listeners do the same thing, we too will be able to make a billion dollars and, you know, not ever have to record for them again or whatever it is. No, we, we will always record great content for you, our listeners. So rate and review us share on social media when you're when you're listening and so forth so that so that word can spread yes we might get to a point if we get a, a million dollars where we record them in our massive two-rack mansions and not have to do them via zoom anymore but you know that's okay i, well, I kind of feel like zoom is the thing now it's going to be you know we might not ever get to a point where we, we record another podcast in person guys Sadly, it kind of feels that way at the moment, doesn't it? Hey, yeah. Or, or they'll be, a, or, or they'll do like what a lot of the radio stations are doing. Um, instead of being able to use different studios, different shows, it's like the same show will be recorded, and each one of the presenters will be in in a separate studio, uh, or looking at each other through glass walls, like. The exciting news is that we we now appear to be listed on Amazon. So there you go. That's oh, a, cool. Was, that leaves just Google. Pandora seemed too hard, so I didn't bother with that. And tune in. So there you go. There's a few yep. that we've uh, added uh, to the repertoire this week. It won't be long until Amazon. One of those platforms that's probably going to be brought out by Google or Amazon in the next X amount of time. Or it won't be long till Amazon just copies us and then sells us for cheaper, <laughs> undercuts us and, and steals all our, all our customers. We'll edit right. out that idea so it's not flagged in Amazon's system when we upload the podcast. <laughs> and we I'm can quite upload sure our podcast to Deezer. I've never... I, I've well, never hang on, I'm not even sure what that is. What's... I've seen it, but I have no idea what it is. You see, I've got no idea whatsoever, but there you go. That's a little hobby for us to find out about all of. There you go. Now, gentlemen, I reckon what we might do is press pause on our little private conversation there, because hopefully in a few minutes' time, uh, our friend Peter will be joining us in the room, and that way we can be ready when that happens. What do you reckon? I think that uh, sounds like a plan. Yep. Hey there, Cool Room listeners. We've got a little ad for you. No, we're not asking for money so that you can advertise quality mattresses, razors, or any of those other sort of things that seem to get advertised on podcasts. What we're looking for is other fun podcasts that would like to share a 30-second ad with our listeners, letting everyone know why they're so great, and in return, letting us share a 30-second ad for The Cool Room. We know that right now there's a whole lot of people who are looking for fun new podcasts to help them while away their isolation hours, so if you've got something to share, drop us a line via our Facebook or Instagram accounts. Right. Add over. And our guest at this time is uh, Peter Cornwell from Masterson's in Mooney Ponds. Peter, welcome back to the show, mate. Yeah, Dave, how are you going? I'm very well, mate. Uh, for people who may have missed your first visit, that was back for Series 3, Episode 2 on the 
10th of January 2020. We had no idea what we were going to be in for at that stage, did we, mate? A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> yeah. Um, just for people who haven't listened to that episode, perhaps, well, first of all, go back and check the archives and do so. But do you want to give new friends, and particularly we've got a whole lot more overseas listeners now than we used to have, a little bit of an idea about where Mooney Ponds is and where your bar is and what makes it special? Well, Mooney Ponds is a, it's probably dead north of the city, uh, north northwest, about 7K from the city. We're just up from, it's where Dave Edna comes from, if that means anything to anyone. <laughs> uh, I grew up down the street in North Melbourne. It was always where the rich people lived. Now it's probably the other way around. I think it might be the other way around. Oh, there's some pretty rich people living in, in Mooney Ponds. You see a few very, very expensive SUVs floating around. Oh, uh, if you go the other side of the train tracks, you see some... Like, oh, it's the other side of the tracks. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> like 14, $20 million houses there. There are some amazing ones up there, actually. Yeah. I've walked a few streets up there recently that I've never been down before. And, and it seems that half the AFL football team play, uh, teams live here. Guys, that's where we're going to live when we sell our podcast to Amazon, Yeah. <laughs> in a big house together is that the plan we can you know just move all of the families into one giant mansion live next door to each other and still zoom to do the podcast it'll be fine isn't that what the south park boys do yeah is it really it wouldn't surprise yeah, they live next to each other <laughs> that would be some intense street <laughs> that would be very intense yeah well i think from what i understand they have um, a massive hedge that they cut into different shapes to upset each other <laughs> Yeah, I, for that reason, I want to live next to Warren and not next to Travis, if that's okay. Warren, <laughs> Warren you, you can sit in that. You can be the middle house of us three. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. See, it's that agreeability that makes me... That's why I want you. <laughs> that's perfect. Like yeah, but The bar itself, Masters, do you want to tell us a little bit about the vibe you've got going on there? And you know, Yeah, again? just a, a little bar. We can have about 20, 25 people inside, uh, 10 people outside. Uh, it's generally got some metal playing, a uh, bit of everything. I'm trying to go for that chic dive bar vibe, if that's a, such a thing in Australia. D- dive bar and cycling crew, yeah? Yeah, it says I'm literally just came back from a bike ride. I went and visited Leanne at Pinnock as well. Yeah, excellent. Oh, perfect. We love a bit of cross promotion. We do, we do. Leanne's been on before. I can't remember off the top of my head which episode that is, but go back and check that out, listeners. Yeah, so we like it within the 5K radius, you know. Yes. Did 59 minutes exactly. I was a good boy today. Good man. Good, good. And, you know, we, we primarily focused on who lives around here. Very quiet. Like, it's, we're in a bit of a black, like, it's a kilometre to the nearest bar in Papal Street. And if you want a beer and you want to, like, you just want to walk, that's what we're aiming for. Our population density has gone through the roof around here. So, and it's all just walk, casual, and encouraging people to have a chat. And it's, a, it's got a great vibe to it. So for anyone who's within five kilometres in Melbourne at the moment, drop in and do it. And, well, hopefully it won't be too much longer before yeah, you can, you can more than five kilometres away can come in. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, we were lucky at the end of last year, I changed to a general licence. So got the takeaway infrastructure in, so got a couple of big fridges out the back. And, yeah, it's literally saved us. So, yeah, we're not making anywhere near the money like we were, 
but we're getting enough to pay the utilities and all of that to keep the lights on. Which is a big thing at the moment, to say the least. Yeah. It's, um, since the last time you were on the podcast, obviously it's, you know, it's like you, you've just discussed, there's been so much that's, that's changed, but, um, you know, we live in this weird COVID world and we don't know what's coming next and we don't, uh, we certainly don't know what's around the corner at any time soon or which bars and beer halls and pubs are going to be open at the end of the year and that sort of thing. But, um, why don't we, why don't we go back to something a bit more positive and why don't you tell us about some of your favorite beers of the year? Well, early, well, if it had been a month ago, I would have said the counterculture tequila queen, mm-hmm. which was an outstanding beer. And we went through, like, we were only able to get a limited supply that literally disappeared in four days. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was unbelievable. And, like, people are questioning whether or not it was a beer. It was like it's, like, margaritas are perfectly suited to the sour idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but given last Friday, we cracked open the new La Serene um, honey and chamomile. I was going to ask you about that one. We've got a few of those still tucked away. Uh, and, like, we cracked it open and we had it with um, some barbecue meats from the Lincoln. Oh, yeah. And, like, you got all the chamomile, the honey. And then for, for dessert, we had some baklava. Mm. And all the honey flavour disappeared and it was just pure wildflowers all the way through the beer. Then all of a sudden you finish the baklava and it's back to that honey and flour. It's just amazing. Now, that is a, yeah. that is an expert serving suggestion, can I say? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like I, when the, when I saw it and we didn't, I'd never actually filled in any of the documentation for La Serene. So it's like, yeah, definitely getting this. Filled it all, got it, and oh, like we'd already had a menu to, like planned for that night. So, Marcerine's got this funny, funny way of doing that, don't they? They, they, they want to. They're, they're very serious in what they do, but they'll just punch out stuff like that and the praline, and yeah, it just yeah, very clever little little bunch of things. Like there's a couple of like Marcerine Dollar Bill, like they're producing you know, world class. Yeah, barrel-aged sours. Mm. Uh, yeah. Who'd believe yeah, Alfington and Ballarat produce that like, I've said a few times on the call room, Dollar Bill's got to be one of the most underrated mobs going around at the moment. Like, it's... Yeah, their stuff is just perfect. And Ed and Fiona are lovely people. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, how's the local community in Mooney Ponds faring with, with COVID? Are they... is um, they're obviously still supporting you, but how how have you got some feeling about how, how things are going? Well, funnily enough, we took the dog for a walk last night and on the way back we ran into six people that come into the bar. And everybody just, they understand why things are happening. Nobody's you know, pleased about it, obviously, but every, they all understand and know why. Um and they just wanted to get back to normal as fast as they can. So, yeah, they go for their hour walk. Everyone's wearing their masks. Um, everyone come, Everyone that comes in is sensible. We're just going, yeah, we, it's just a wait and see. You know, um, can things go a bit quicker? Well, they may, may not. Um, you know, from a, you know, I'm not a, you know, a viral 
uh, expert in any way, shape, or form. I can't. Aren't you? Oh, sorry, mate. Well, that's why we had you on. So anyway, sorry. in that case, it's been a pleasure, and we'll uh, we'll keep looking through bar owners to see find, if we can find one who is. Thought everyone's well, an expert in infectious diseases these days. Like, you must be the only one. Well, I've, one of the works I read into is a, a uh, researcher at CSIRO, and across the road we've got a bloke who's. Um, at the Murdoch Children's Institute doing all this. So we can get experts in. I thought it was a bit more like, you know, when the Olympics is on and everyone suddenly becomes an expert in equestrian matters for, you know, one night of the year every four years. We all know about archery. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't even remember his name when he won the gold medal in Sydney. Mm, that, like that guy. Everybody was watching telly that day. It's like, oh, wow, look at that. He hit, well done, you hit the bulls up. <laughs> there's infinitely more in it but yeah like people are just yeah we're just not over it but yeah we just know we have to grin and bear it mm. and the good thing like around here everyone seems to be like it's a bit older around here like there's smatterings of people with kids but not it's generally the you know people in their you know, late 40s and 50s that um Maybe the kids have started to disappear and they're just getting a bit more, yeah. They're, they're playing by the rules. I think most people are in the inner city, at the very least, and I can't judge much further away than that. Hopefully the whole city is. Uh... You see the occasional one, but, you know, you see the occasional one everywhere. Because mm. um, we're on Pasco Vale Road, which is an interesting thoroughfare to the, the, the true northern, so like Broadie and further, further out. And the cop shop's not far away. And, you know, probably over the last, you know, 10 weeks, we've probably had the cops stop somebody after 8 o'clock, you know, mm. you know, four or five times. And, like, dead out in front of our place because they see the car. So, you know, and we've got a bloke who's in the air ambulance around the corner and says he's flying around at night and, you can, like, if somebody's driving, you see them. Yeah, right. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. a bit like it is down on Spencer Street at the moment. I mean, even on a Sunday afternoon when we've got the bottle shop open, you could just about put a picnic blanket down on Spencer Street and, you know, go out and have a little snack without being too endangered, which is, you know, a good thing, but certainly a weird sort of feeling when, you, um, when you're seeing it. Yeah. You were saying you've got the fridges in, so you're still doing your takeaway sort of trade. Are you doing growlers or anything as well? or is that? Yeah, so we're doing growlers and squealers. Um, getting kegs at the moment isn't the easiest thing. What have you got on tap at the moment? Uh, we've got Coburg Lager. Uh, they always they, they, they do a lot for us. We've got a Tumway Moose Brown, so a major moose, which is really tasty. Mm -hmm. uh, Three Ravens uh, New Age IPA, which is a great... It's been really popular. The, the brown and the IPA are incredibly popular for growlers. Mm. And the Wolf of the Willows Pacific Sour. Peter touches on a really interesting point there. With we, we talk to all our all our breweries and they they've all successfully transitioned into cans really quickly and they've they've moved away from keg. But yet on the flip side of that, there's there's still venues who probably had a bit of a trade in, in growlers and squealers who, who all of a sudden yeah, have to have to have to change up a little bit themselves. Well, in the first lockdown, we offered, um, we just put a call out because the, 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 the first lockdown hit on a Sunday night and nobody had the 
nobody had the ability to clear the lines in a night. And like it hit at six o'clock at night and we were closed on the Monday. It was that mm. simple. So I put a call out to any pub saying, you know, if you've got tapped kegs, I'll take them off you. And we ended up doing in the, how many weeks, you know, the first lockdown was, I think we ended up going through 27 kegs. Yeah, wow. right. Um, and we were knocking it out for $10 a litre. So, you know, if it was a 50, like a half full keg, we paid, uh, so we paid 50% and then paid 50% again. So basically, you know, the original pub had more or less paid for the keg hmm. and they'd scored a little bit of cash for what was left and it was never going to go bad. So everybody was happy. Um, and we, you know, that worked really, really well. Uh, this lockdown, everybody had four days notice to empty the kegs and everybody was able to empty kegs. Like, so I put the same call out and like people had like half a keg of, you know, Geelong bitter. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, things that just you know, aren't interesting. Probably not yeah. getting $10 a litre for Geelong bitter these days, but... <laughs> you almost uh, went for the novelty value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this time it's been, like, yeah, it, it, it's all been, um, like the demographics changed a lot from people coming in and buying slabs to... You know, the, you know, the $20 cans of Imperial um, smoked porter aged in a lark barrel from Wolf. Yep. Yeah, people are buying those. Um, the fastest selling was like the the counterculture uh, margarita. Um, the Deeds vanilla slice, I think, lasted three days. Yeah, you had a few oh, of the right. Deeds ones lately, haven't you? Yeah, like we've got a, they've got a following here. And people, you know, they don't blink an eye at a $15, $16 can at the moment. Yeah. I think everyone's looking for a little bit of a treat, you know, come the weekend just to make themselves, you know. Previously, where people might have gone out and had a dinner for 100 bucks and a, few, a couple of bottles of wine, you know, these days the reality is that, you know, a couple of cans of beer are probably the, you know, the exciting treat for the weekend. Mm. Yeah, four cans at, um, you know, 9.7%. Perfect. Sit there, watch the footy. Yeah, particularly oh, yeah, if you're a Melbourne supporter or something like that, yeah, you probably need that. I was about to say that. Don't get me started on the footy. <laughs> <laughs> and just, oh, gee. Uh, even even a snow. <laughs> I had to push through a Melbourne game last night on a Monday night. And like, oh, <laughs> It sets up for a great week, doesn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. And it was kind of silly because it had only been like three days since Melbourne had played previously. And it was... One of our regulars is a Melbourne supporter. He's got the number plate up. MFC 64, so the last time you won a premiership. <clears throat> and I've gone past and grabbed one of those little Richmond jumper stickers and just stuck it on his <laughs> number plate. <laughs> but the good thing is he's not going to update his number plate anytime soon, is he? So, you know, <laughs> not like a you know, Geelong supporter every couple of years has to. They're angling, well, to be, yeah, they're angling to be 100 years before winning a premiership. That's what I'm going for. Like 2064, Let's, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Melbourne 2064. I'm making sure my newborn doesn't, uh, I'm not going to brainwash her like I did my previous, and uh, hopefully she can choose her own football team. Well, I knew a bloke. Even though her mother and her father was... and her sibling all go from Melbourne. I don't know. She's not allowed. You have to, she has to follow the family. Like, I don't, I don't ever believe that you can let them remove That's just silly. You can't choose. 
They can't choose. That's just ridiculous. not when the entire family and the extended family all go for the same team. A friend of mine um, in the early two thousand, uh, like around two thousand and ten, he said, "I just feel set bad for my kids because I forced them to barrack for Richmond, and I don't think it'll ever happen." <laughs> that might have been the statement that made it happen. Well, like I got to, like you know, I'm a Richmond supporter. I went to the eighty-two grand final. Mm. And, you know, I have then ended up waiting 35 years for... Yeah, another one. It will happen. It's, it's more likely than me getting to go to a Fitzroy grand final anytime soon, so that's for... <laughs> I was wondering when David Sawpoint was going to come up. Bloody so AFL. I won't say well, that you should have won in 83. <laughs> it's well, it's a, 80, 84 was the big one, I think. Hawthorne were looking down the barrel of merging with Melbourne. So, yep. Before they had their yes. run, so you think, yeah, there's like you gotta, you you gotta, what was that term that that uh, they use? That you've got to stick fat with them. Now I'm under the impression there may already be a couple of AFL footy podcasts out there, and I don't want to cut, <laughs> cut across their shtick. But those podcasts are only talking about one thing at the moment. That's the Richmond players in a strip club. Like we've gone another diversion <laughs> on this, David. <laughs> What well, beers do you reckon they were serving at that strip club? We could talk rugby league and how um, a craft brewer, Young Henry, sponsors South Sydney. Oh, do they? Yes. Yeah. Oh, the rabbit eyes. Why not? Yeah. yeah. We could, but that would involve me having to be to out myself as a St George fan, and I'm in no particular mood to talk about that either at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Let's but the, talk um, the Young Henry's rep, because I'm a massive South Sydney, for, South Sydney fan, he actually got me the... Um, the Young Henry South Sydney cans. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and he's got like got the like their shirts and like the limited edition shirts that never see light of day in Melbourne. And oh, that's that not cool. why we got you on, is it? The reason no. we got, <laughs> our excuse for getting you on this time, apart from the fact that we love a chat, is um you've set up something called the Melbourne Small Bar Association. So give us a bit of a spiel about that because it's an important yeah. thing at an important time. Yeah, so get. Going back to last lockdown, um, when we were coming out of it, the government in their you know, infinite wisdom decided that places could open if they had a class two food license. Um, I've got, you know, I've got a license for 50, you know, 30 in here pulls us up. There's no room for a kitchen. We don't want a kitchen. We've got, you know, four, you know, takeaway joints that, you know, get, you know, good business from us, mm. but we weren't allowed to open didn't understand it, don't understand it now. And I could just see, you know, you know some of the bigger, you know, lobby groups, you know, such as the AHA, you know, they've got their place. Mm. Do they represent the smaller bars in Melbourne? No. You know, talking to, you know, since I put the call out, you know, at the beginning of this week, you know, we've ended up, like right now, we've got like 80-odd people in the group. And that's in the space of what about a week, isn't it? It's in the space of a week. Um, it's just yeah, and then uh, like people are telling me stories like in the CBD, there's a whiskey bar who last lockdown she could have one and a half people in the bar. Yeah, mm. right. It's uh, tiny, six people. You know, it's and yeah, they've got no um, like if. Yeah, the the wording at the moment, like they're talking about outdoor, uh, New York model, yep. you know, closing streets. 
she doesn't have any street frontage. Like you have a look at the number of bars that are hidden in our buildings in the CBD, especially. Mm. Um, what are they going to do? They're going to be stuck, locked up for another month at a minimum. Uh, yeah, we're lucky. We've got a little outdoor area. Last time we could have eight people in there. I don't know what my council are planning, and like every council is, the elections are in November, so rocking the boat is not. And from their perspective, they like who, who the people that work at the councils aren't going to be wanting to make calls in the middle of an election. Um, so, you know, talking like it's funny in the last week, you end up finding out what you know. So many people are in you know funny spots at the moment. A couple of bars around here that tons of money invested, they still haven't opened yet. They're supposed to open April. So these are sort of brand new places in Moon. Brand Pond new places. In yep. Yeah. Um, yes. Where are they going to be? Like, is you know nobody's going to be. I, I'm assuming full capacity is not going to happen until Feb. Mm. And after Christmas party season, we were having a bit of a chat before you came on, but you know we're saying how important Christmas party season is. You know, you can take a quarter or a third of your annual take in the space of six or seven weeks around that stage. Yeah. Well, like, last year, like, the December, every Friday, you know, we were taken for a Christmas party. Now, yeah. That's not going to happen this year. A, because people were, uh, were all working from home. And B, we're going to have such restrictions on capacity. It's not going to... You know, so, yeah, the Australian Hotels Association, they're looking after the bigger places with, you know, and a three, four, five hundred capacity and a pokey's room. Yeah, that's not what hospitality around the globe is moving to. Mm. So, you know, just trying to get Melbourne to, you know, you go to London, New York, Hong Kong, anywhere, like it's small bars, fit people in, everyone's there to have a chat and, you know, listen to some, you know, music and just get out. You know, it's yeah, just adapting. Um, and that goes as well for like the craft brewers. Uh, every craft brewer is dependent on the smaller bars. Like, it's impossible to get into a, one of the pubs that have got the big con- like line or CV contract. Yeah. Like, you yeah. may be able to get a tap, but then you're going to have to be stone and wood and actually have a bit of clout behind you. Um, you, know, there are, you know, the small brewers, you know, they need, they need a bar. They need to be able to sell into the small bars. Yeah, when we talk to people about, you know, their favourite bars overseas, no one yet, and I guess it's a bit our demographic, but no one yet said, oh, I went over to um, New York and I played the pokies one night and I had this fantastic night and, you know, drank bud. It's, yeah. a, it's a conversation we haven't had with anyone yet. And, you know, if you CUB's got, you know, CUB and Lion are owned by the Japanese multinationals. Mm. They, if they want to buy out, they can buy out. That's fine. They can ride this storm, and they're riding this storm globally. Um, yeah, and the yeah this like, company is like Heineken. They've got their own, uh, they've got their own companies that import their own beers, so they don't have to cross pollinate against their not what's brewed here. Um, but are they the like? Is that what gets sold into small bars in Melbourne? Yeah, some do it, and like I don't like. Yep, fine, and they sh- hopefully they can get something out of them, but the majority of us don't. And, yeah, you go off to, you know, what's River? Yeah, they're in the same boat as us. Mm. They need their bar open. 
they've got their you know, little courtyard out the front, so hopefully they can be actually do stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, they need to be able to sell yeah. to us. Other people like Deeds don't have their tap room open. Mm. Yeah, there's t- tons of us, and yeah, we, I just want to be able to have a bit of cloud, you know, get a, a collective voice behind us, and push behind, you know, push to the councils and to the state government that what we, you know, things that we're looking for that you know aren't out of the realms of you know possibility. We're not going to go around you know, picking on you know the macroeconomic perspective. If they want me to, I can. <laughs> So you do you do have a training. You're not you may not be an epidemiologist, but you do have a fair training in economic matters that you can uh, you can wield if you uh, if and when you choose to. Yeah, well, I was a banking executive for twenty years, so the honest looking banking executive on the planet. But... <laughs> and I look like this. Is that is that actually a competition that's run by banking executives? I'd I'd, lo- I'd love to see the weirdest looking banking executive competition. I used to get a lot of abuse from the chief risk officer about my beard. Because it was a risk around the shredder or something like that, or was there, you know? Oh, it just stood out like dog's balls. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be on like the global calls with like London, and they, they just think they and they all knew it was me because they look at me and go, "Oh, it's him." <laughs> I was always Mister Happy. How can folks find out more about uh, the Small Bar Association? How can everyone get get involved and get more people? So at the moment I've set up a Facebook group just called Melbourne Small Bar Association. Um, pretty simple. So if you just, I'm assuming if you pop it into Facebook, it'll appear. We'll um, do a little link as well from the from the episode guide for this one. So. Yep. Um, that's how we're starting. Are we? I'm in the process of writing something to get out to the current sitting members of the Victorian Parliament. Uh, and then move on to where, like, the councils. Put the, probably aim at the CEOs of the councils at the moment, and the mayors. Just given, yeah, you know, the elections are happening. Um, yeah, they like to talk about Melbourne's cafe culture and small lanes, and that goes, you know, for Greater Melbourne. Um, we won't be here if this keeps going. It's mm. pretty simple. Yeah. Like, uh, most don't have the ability to ride this storm yeah and you end up with a fundamentally different looking city to to the one that we know and love at the moment mm. city yeah, in the broadest like sense just to yeah and like bizarre things that it's a, a correlation that i don't think anyone in australia has thought about um in the us but as we talked about and miller and all of those like papst and all of those the only reason they now we're in the dominant market position is because when uh, the, what was it, when they, the, the non-alcohol period prohibition in the US, mm. when prohibition got lifted, they were the only companies that were actually still there. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah. That's a good um, point. That's a really good point. If They yeah. were able to, 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 I don't know how, and, you know, it's over at nearly, it's a hundred years ago. Um, they were able to weather that storm. And I don't say this is going to be for, I think it was 13 years the prohibition existed. Um, I don't think it's going to go for 13 years, but the people with the market majority are able to weather the storms. Hmm. 
we don't have like the small bars don't have the market majority. So we need to get together and actually give a presented, give a you know, consolidated voice to be able to say, you know, we need help. Not a huge amount of help. We just need somebody to like do, make you know three or four really good decisions for us, and that's it. Yeah, makes yep. a lot of sense. It's, it's, no uh, argument from us. So, yeah. well, we'll do all we can to spread the word and get people to join up. And I think, you know, pretty obviously, it's something where you're going to need action. Well, we all need action pretty quickly. Otherwise, the last 20 or 25 years of progress in craft beer, and we often talk about that for people who've sort of been in the craft beer scene for that length of time, we can remember when there wasn't craft beer and then there was just the hints of it and it's really only in the last 10 or 15 years that that culture has grown and that it's been sustainable. Did you see the post that Leon put up on Bar Thread yesterday or today? Uh, I had, don't think I'd... He had a collection of beers from nine years ago. Oh, no, I must look that out. And it's like Mornington and Hawthorne. And it was, it was just... You yeah, look at it, it's mountain and they're, they're all in stubbies. Wow, yeah, mm. yep. And they, uh, like, you just look at it and go, how has the world, like, in 10 years, how are things changed? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's quite amazing. Like, it's, um, yeah. I reckon six years ago, it, they don't even have to go back 10, but even six years ago, it, it, it'd be mostly stubbies. I, yeah, there'd only be a, f yeah. When uh, the absolutely. East Coast Canning Company started, I think that's when, for, for the Victorian market, that's where it really took off. Yeah, um, I was living in Hong Kong six years ago, and that's when Young Master started up. Oh yeah, mm. and yeah, you know, now you know, it, you know, it's hard to see at the moment, but yeah, you know, they're you know, all through Asia. Every like six years ago seems to have been a, a real kickoff point for a lot of places. Mm. I think that's absolutely right, and particularly places and bars outside of the CBD. That sort of massive growth that we've seen. Well, you're sort of leading the charge out in Mooney Ponds, Footscray, South Melbourne and further sort of southeast. You know, none of those places were there at all 10 years ago. Yeah. No. Like even like Hopheads and Point Cook. Mm. Like, it was a Point waste Cook was barely there, there 10 years ago. Yeah. Who, who would have thought about putting a craft beer bar out in Point Cook 10 years ago? <laughs> yeah. I, I think when the first Hopheads opened up in, in Point Cook, I was just like, that place is not going to last. Like, no one wants a craft beer place in Point Cook and now we're at a point where they're about to open up their third store and the world's their oyster. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, yeah, same, yeah. And Mooney Ponds. So, like, Mooney Ponds isn't going backwards. There's a lot of no. development in that. Like, right up Alexander Road, in the heart of Mooney Ponds itself. It's, I mean... There's yeah, a, a BWS being built over the road from the Dan Murphys. That's a sign oh, of... Oh, is there? Yeah, we just walked past it last night. So, wow! You think you've got like in a direct line? You've got the Laurel, Dan Murphy's, BWS, three stores in a row. I would have thought building a BWS across the road from a Dan Murphy's was a bit of a. You got, mate, you got to have a set of balls on you to do that. I reckon. Yeah. Oh, it's just Coles versus Woolworths. It's not like I don't know. <laughs> 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 is it Coles versus Woolworths? I think it's Woolworths versus Woolworths, isn't it? It's BWS. BWS. Uh, potentially, that is correct. BWS is Woolworths because uh, yeah. the reason okay. I know this, BWS was supposed to open a store in Yarraville across the road from the vintage sellers. And Which is Coles. 
Yes, yeah. it's Coles. So they opened up the Woolworths in Yarraville. The deal was that a couple of doors down, they're going to open a BWS, but they caught wind of the craft beer bar that was going to Yarraville and they pulled out and decided not to do it. So ah. big sellers have had a gold mine throughout lockdown because it's the only place in Yarraville you can, you can actually buy beer. Um, but they, vintage sellers are also well aware that uh, when Hopheads is 15 metres up the road, they're going to hit a bit of a wall themselves. And um, Yeah, but it would have been the same situation as the, as the damn Murphys. It would have been vintage sellers one side of the street, BWS the other side of the street. So BWS, it doesn't make sense, BWS and Dan Murphy, then. No, I don't think that does. <laughs> because, so, yeah, it's, you, you're just cornering the same market. Like, and anyone who wants anything craft... They either go up Mount Alexander Road or down Mount Alexander Road, and you'll have something else. It's yeah. yeah. BWS have a bit of a promotion on at the moment where you can go in and vote for your favourite craft beer to get them to stock it. And Holgate put out a post on Facebook earlier today asking for people's votes, um, which I, I thought was quite an interesting conundrum. Mm, yeah, because they should. Be able to, they've got enough market clout that they should be able to work that out themselves. I don't know how they need to, yeah. people to vote the bin. Um, yeah, funny. Well, democracy is a funny process, as I'm all too well aware at the moment. And Peter has, uh, has made very clear what the Small Bar Association, Melbourne Small Bar Association, look them up on Facebook, what they're doing to make sure that they're part of the democratic process and making sure that the voice of small bar owners in Melbourne's heard at a pretty critical time so i reckon my friends that we might just about wrap things up there if that suits everyone peter thank you for coming back to the show again and um as i say if you're within the 5k go and visit peter he's up there doing it himself every day i think that pretty much right peter yeah me i i can't be bothered jill do it And um, we look forward to being able to all get back together again in the flesh sometime soon. And um, thank you to everyone who's listened in to this episode right to the end. Uh, Rate and review us on however you're getting your podcasts. And join us in a couple of days' time live in the Zoom room with What's River.